The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Is your organization a talent magnet? Is your culture the envy of the business market? Top organizations need top leaders. Make sure that you are that leader. This show will ensure that you are. Welcome to I Lead, The Leadership Connection with Dr. Linda Sharkey. Leaders today are more than just results. They are about creating legacies of great people, driving winning organizations, and raising the bar for themselves and that of their teams. Now, here is your host, Dr. Linda Sharkey. Hi, I'm Linda Sharkey. I'm your host of I Lead, The Leadership Connection. And I am excited to have you with me today. We have another great show lined up, and I'm really looking forward to this dialogue. We've been doing a whole series about organizational culture and leadership. And one of the things that I've realized in my own personal career that leadership definitely does make the difference. It's what defines great companies from mediocre companies. And I don't mean the old command and control type leadership I mean the leadership that really cares about people, takes care of people, empowers people, respects people, and helps people understand that they're a real strong contributor to the organization. They, leaders that are going to be successful going forward are leaders who are able to hook into a strong purpose and help people engage with that purpose and see that they can contribute at a higher level. You know, we used to have a much less educated workforce in the 1950s, 60s, etc. We don't have that anymore. We have a workforce that's highly educated, that are knowledge workers. We have very little industrial type jobs. More and more, these jobs are being done by robots and technology. And people who are working with them, with this technology, need to be and are knowledge workers. And it's a different kind of worker. It's a different kind of value creation and value capacity than it was before in heavily industrialized environments. Command and control may have worked then, but it definitely does not work now. And it certainly does not work in a global environment, as those of you who have gone offshore have found out. And it's also a matter of valuing differences and being inclusive in how you engage as a leader. So why am I talking so much about leadership? Well, because we know from every study that's out there that's been studying leadership for years that leaders do drive the tone and the culture of an organization. So if you have a toxic culture, you probably have some leader behaviors there that are pretty toxic too. And I can tell you from personal experience that toxic organizations are no fun. And they're places that have high turnover, low engagement, generally low customer service, and generally, uh, as I said, just not fun places to work. So I was recently at a human synergistics conference 
called the Ultimate Culture Conference. And I had the good fortune to run into Jeannie Malnati. And she was terrific and is terrific. She lives in Chicago, and she's known for working with leaders and teams and organizations throughout the United States. She's a clinical psychologist, uh, psychotherapist, and psychologist by, by training, and she has a private practice. Jeannie has uh, agreed to join me on the show, and she has a great story. For those of you who are listening from Chicago, you may recognize the name Melnati. They have a wonderful uh, pizzeria and restaurant chain that, chain that her father started, and it's nationally recognized and award-winning. And uh, it's so exciting to have Jeannie here for that. So, Jeannie, thank you so much for joining. Hi, Linda. Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, you know, your presentation was just so great, and I thought it was just so practical and down-to-earth. And this is what I'm trying to do for my listeners, to have them hear uh, ways to really engage leaders, change culture that are practical and doable. And you certainly have that that experience and background in your uh, company, which is the... Uh, the culture group. So tell me, Jeannie, what caused you to get into culture in the first place? That's always a question I get asked, and, and it's a good one, um, especially <laughs> because culture is such a buzzword now. It's like, what's the deal with culture and my passion around it? It started, as you mentioned, and thanks for the plug, about Lou Malnati's, um pizza. Um, I married It was delicious, business. by the way. Pardon? Which is delicious. I said it was delicious, by the way. Thank you. I agree. I married into the business, um, married into um, Malnati's uh, 35 years ago. My husband and I are married. So it's his father, Lou, who began the business. And when Mark died, or excuse me, when Mark graduated from college, his dad died of cancer, and there were two Malnati's restaurants at the time. And so Mark began, uh, over the course of the next 10 years, opening several restaurants. And we were opening our eighth restaurant in one of the suburbs here, Buffalo Grove. We had a crisis there, which actually is what we call it. Um, and it was the third night we were open, and there was just chaos going on in the restaurant. Pizzas were being burned, and managers yelling at the servers, and you know, customers complaining, and it was just chaos. And in the middle of that are uh, two of our top people who have been with us over 10 years on the executive team and a regional manager um, walked out and they quit on us. And so it was like, whoa, what is happening here? Because we were, you know, the Malnati family and everything was, you know, hunky-dory, we thought. And come to find out that um, we had a very, as the word you use, uh, which is a good one, a very toxic culture even though we didn't know how to name it at the time. And we had to really dig in and see, you know, what, what was happening? Why, why did these people leave? We had no idea they were so unhappy. Wow, that, that's really interesting. That has to be like your worst perfect storm, right? Yeah, exactly, especially because it, we were so focused on the work and getting the pizzas out and, you know, pleasing the customers, but we were not focused on our people who, if the people in the workplace yeah. are not happy, you know, it's, it, it doesn't matter then because that comes out and it affects everything and, um, and people leave. So you want me so to So what, what specifically we did? did you do, uh, yeah. Jeannie? What, what did the company do to turn this environment around? Yeah. 
Well, it was um, I was in school at the time to get my master's, and um, my husband and I were also doing some individual uh, therapy. And so at the time, it was like, Mark, you know, there's clearly relationship issues because when we talked to those two people who quit, they didn't come back, but they did share their hearts saying, we don't feel respected, we don't feel seen, it's all about the money, you know, we don't feel cared about it. And it was just like, oh, you know, the dagger is hearing this but it was the truth for them. Mark um, hired a friend of ours who's a coach and a therapist and took the executive team off-site for four hours, and they had what I call um, the first cleansing the container, cleansing the relationship container. And I love that. What a great expression. Yeah. Isn't that a good so what expression? So what is that, cleansing the relationship container? That's such a great expression. So how we define it is, and what happened that first four hours back, and this is the late 80s, um, there were tough conversations that were had face-to-face, sitting in a circle. There was anger, a lot of anger. People were really just hurt, and they were sharing their uh, specific examples and directly to people, and um, it was pretty brutal, pretty pretty tense for four hours, and we found that that cleansing wasn't enough. We came back the next month for four more hours, and there was more um, anger, um, but there was a breakthrough that happened as well, because that's what happens when we speak our truth, what's real for us. Um, a breakthrough happened, and then there were some tears, and there was asking for forgiveness, and there was just a whole new shift. It was an amazing shift that going forward with a vision of caring more about our people on the inside. And that was the starting of what is, you know, started to be a very healthy culture up until today. Well, in the 1980s, you know, when I was around uh, early in my career then too, and uh, in school, in fact, as well. And you know, culture and all of that stuff, caring about your people, that was kind of soft, right? Yeah. So how did you make it how did you make it reality for your company? Yeah, you said at the top of the hour, Linda, which is so true about it, you know, it depends on the leaders. And it was fortunate that Mark, the leader of the company, um, had done some of his own personal growth work. I think it's really important that it's, it's deeper than just coming out of our head. He experienced what it was like to start sharing feelings, which was great for me, the wife, you know, to have that, Absolutely. You know, that in our relationship. And he saw the power of it, just talking face-to-face and being authentic and taking masks off. And so he brought that into the company. And so the two months they had the, the meetings, well, we fast forward to today and we have... Um, Gosh, well, we have over 150 managers now over our, that was eight restaurants back then, and now we are just opening up our, I don't know, like 43rd restaurant, which is amazing, all in the Chicago area. And so what happened was these managers meet in small groups every month, and there's trained facilitators, and it's just month after month, they kept coming back and having these clear and honest conversations with one another, learning tools, and taking it back to their teams and their different stores. And um, it's just really helped the people inside to feel cared about, you know, to feel seen, to feel heard, to feel respected. Um, so it's been very powerful. So it was maybe five years ago, and we started receiving the one of the top workplace uh, 
workplaces in Chicago by the Tribune. It was like, whoa, what, what have we wow. created here? We had that's no great. idea we were creating culture. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's really great. Like, what kinds, of, uh, what kinds of things did they talk about? Well, probably the number one thing when the meetings start is everyone does a check-in, uh, like a feelings check-in, and to get themselves grounded in the room, focused, and for people to know about them. You know, I feel scared because my daughter's going off to college. I'm feeling sad about that. People bring in personal, you know, issues, not issues, but just sharing about their lives because it's now become a safe container in these circles. People feel, you know, what's said here stays here. It's very important. They talk about issues they maybe have with one another. So to clear, you didn't, even if it's simple as, you know, you didn't call me back twice, you know, in a row. What, what's going on? Um, you know, to actually talk about those things. Um, they talk about issues that they have in their individual stores, them being the managers. Um, or I lead a group. I've been leading a group for 10 years with uh, the executive team, my husband included. And it's clearing that stuff out, asking for support, maybe on difficult conversations they need to have. Wow. That's, that's really fascinating. I know another company that's doing that in the, in the Middle East, and, and um, they, they spend 15 minutes or half an hour every morning uh, talking about what are the issues, how are people feeling, and if people really need to go home, uh, they go home. Mm-hmm. And it's just so interesting because most companies would never allow that to happen. And right. the, the CEO told me nobody has abused the system at all and it creates this really safe and caring environment for for people so what i want to do we're we're at break uh genie and i what i'd like to do is talk about the story of how you personally took that experience and got and created uh your culture group stay with us we'll be back very shortly i'm talking to genie malnati um ceo of the culture group clinical psychologist, speaker par excellence, expert in organization culture transformation, leadership, and team development, and will be telling the rest of her story after this break. It's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. 
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag ILEADTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, Back to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. Welcome back. With me today is Jean Malnati, CEO of the Culture Group, and we're talking about how she got started and, and the impact of culture and leadership on her family chain of restaurants. Very famous in Chicago, and I might put a plug in for them. If you're ever in Chicago, definitely go there. It's fabulous pizza and fabulous, fabulous food. So, Jeannie, so finish the story. So, you know, you really turned the whole culture around and, and your company turned, your, your, your Malnati's turned the culture around in its restaurants. It got named uh, Best Place to Work by the Chicago Tribune. It's been getting all sorts of awards. Tell me the rest of that story. Yes, well, thank you again for talking about Malnati's. It is delicious. I could have a piece of pizza right now, actually. It sounds good. Um, when we, what I was saying before the break was when we started receiving this top workplace award, um, first year and then the second year, especially, I'm like, Mark, it's my husband, you've got to go out and start teaching this, you know, clean and clear communication system that we've created in this restaurant. You need to take that out to other companies and give them the gift. And he's like, Ma, I don't like to teach. I don't like to speak. I don't want to do that. And I'm like, Mark, let's you know, write a book about this. You need to write a book. This is really good stuff. I don't want to write a book. And I can't tell you how many times I came back with that same thing until one time I was like almost in his face, like wagging my finger going, you've got to go do this. This is important. And I was telling my story to a girlfriend of mine, and she's like, uh, Jeannie, this is like Psychology 101, Mrs. Psychotherapist, and you're projecting onto him what it is you're to do in this world. You know, this is your passion, your message. You go and do something with and it. And your purpose. And my purpose, exactly. And so it yeah. happened to be at that time we had sold our house in the suburbs of Chicago and we were empty nesters and we were moving into the city. We had never lived here. And it was like, aha. You know those aha moments, Linda? It was yes, an aha absolutely. moment, and it was, yes, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the experience that I've had with all the psychotherapy. I'm going to take the experience of helping part of the team in Milnati's, helping to turn this culture around and start the culture group. And it's been amazing, just amazing. Yeah, and, and tell me, so how do, you, how do you keep the clean and clear communication, how do you keep it from you know, deteriorating into, for lack of a better word, a bitch session or, you know, if somebody really gets bummed out that you, you know, you bring them back so that they can, uh, you know, feel good. How do you, how do you do that? 
Yeah, that's a great question because that can so easily happen. And what I'm saying, what we do, what I work with businesses, whether it's at Malnati's or the different businesses I'm working with, I'm not saying this is easy. You know, some people are like, oh, that sounds so easy. It's, like, it's not easy. It's hard work having those honest conversations, you know, face-to-face. However, when people get a taste of this, when some of these tools that I teach are incorporated and people, you know, it needs teams and it needs, you know, everyone to commit to, okay, I'm willing to sit and, you know, have this uh, kind of culture, have this conversation, be this honest, be this vulnerable. Um, when that happens, um, people fumble. Um, they may be, you know, they say it wrong. Sometimes there are tears, and that can be embarrassing at work. Yet it all is just part of the process. And so when someone starts, like you said, complaining or you know bitching, that that happens. It's like, wait, stop. There's always a facilitator, and you stop and say, wait a minute. You know what's going on? You're blaming this person, but if you know the the word projection, which I was doing about my my you husband, husband you've got to go right. Yeah, you've got to go do this. Projection is we project onto other people, you know, whether it's complaining and blaming them instead of looking and pointing the finger at ourselves. What's, what, what's, what do I need to take responsibility for in this? And so instead of being a victim, we call people out, you're sounding like such a victim. You know, help to, like you said, empower people to look at it, take responsibility, shift, and do it differently. And, um, you know, it can be kind of muddy, but it, when people see it and get it and do it, take the risk, it's very, um, it's very cleansing, and it's very exciting to see people just even stand a little taller. You know, I can do this. Yeah, that's so wonderful. And Jeannie, when you're trying to talk to other companies about this, you know, I can imagine some hard-boiled uh, leaders being pretty skeptical about something like this working. How do you break through to some of them? Yeah, that's Or don't really you even good. try if they're too hard-boiled? I like hard-boiled. I haven't heard that. I'm going to use that one. I do too, actually. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm starting to... Th- th- my company's been, you know, for about three years now, and, and I, I'm, I'm getting who's open to it and who's not. And those who are just like, mm, soft skills, poo-poo, it's still about the numbers, it's not about the people. I, I don't even go after them anymore, even though they're the ones that their companies need it actually the most until they're ready to take a, take a look. Um, it's often, especially in Chicago, a lot of these startups are, yeah, but we've got, you know, like we give everybody free massages every Wednesday and, we, you know, they get, they get club, you know, workout club memberships and we give them perks that way. And when I talk about the culture, I refer to that as a cocktail culture. And that's not what I'm talking about because those type of things are perks, but they're not lasting where people's lives and the whole environment changes. It's about these, you know, interpersonal relationships, building trust, building respect. Um, And so coming at it from that angle, um, I'm finding I often get phone calls, Linda, you know, to our office, and people are in crisis. It's like, we hear what you do. We need you to come in. Because, you know, people are walking out and quitting or because there's so much hostility or toxicity, something has happened to pick up the phone and say, okay, you know, we need, we need to address this. But it's not an easy sell, just, hey, let's start cleansing your container. <laughs> yeah, right. It's not, it's, it's not an, uh, an easy start. And I could see that people would uh, re- reject some of that because they're scared. 
and they'd be scared to open themselves up to having those honest communications. Have you seen that this is um, eked into people's personal lives in any way? Have people reported that for you? Has it made their personal lives even better? Yes, and that's that's one of the benefits for sure. It's when you learn tools like this, you use it in the company, but there's a trickle down effect, not only in the company, but taking it home into your you know your private life, your personal life. And uh, a couple years ago, I did a big survey with all our managers and executive team who are in these small groups. You know, they're monthly. They're for two hours for the sole purpose of of doing this kind of work. It's nothing else. The numbers aren't brought in. It's just relationship work. And so I, in doing this survey, it's amazing, Linda, the comments that I got back. And so many, definitely more than half of the people were saying, it has changed my home life, my relationship with my kids. Like um, two different people I remember saying, because I'm coming home and I'm sharing my feelings, these were both men, sharing my yeah. feelings with my wife, our marriages have turned around. There was one answer, one person said, I, my dad was on his deathbed. And I'd never been able to say, we never said to one another, I love you. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps right now to saying it. I know, me too. I love you, Dad. First time ever. And then his dad died the next day. Those are things that really matter, you know? So uh, something else that's a little off this subject, but, uh, you know, you've obviously read in the paper you're a a CEO, uh, you run your own company, and you've seen and you work with a lot of other companies You've seen a lot in the newspaper, you know, only 17% of the CEOs of the Fortune 500 are, are women of the Fortune 500 companies. It still persists that women make substantially less than men for exactly the same jobs, professional jobs. Um, and there was an article just very, very recently that women are dropping out, educated women are dropping out in droves uh, from the workforce. More so than any other com- country. And uh, the U.S. used to be a, a huge employer of women, not at the top necessarily, but a, a huge employer of women. And that seems to be going in a different direction. Do you have a perspective on that? I'm, I'm sure you, you know, being a woman yourself and a woman leader, what's your thoughts on that? Yes, it, it's. I think I read that same article and... One of the the biggest thoughts when people ask me that question is I think there's such a movement towards small businesses and that women are realizing and seeing their potential as entrepreneurs, the creativity that can come out, them finding their voice, them like what, what they're made for, that they can go and start these amazing businesses and run the, you know, run the ship themselves. And I think that is really, um, uh, people are enjoying that. Women are enjoying that by the droves. Actually, have you heard that as well? Yes, I have heard that. And this is not that they're necessarily dropping out of the workforce. They're dropping out of corporate America because they can't seem to get what they need to get out of corporate America. Because, you know, Jeannie, we've had rules and and laws for a very long time, you know, shared work, uh, you know, opportunity for daycare, all these other kinds of things, um, you know, reduced hours, um, all that kind of stuff, but there's still a stigma to that. And, uh, you know, why put up with stuff when they absolutely don't have to? I, I think that's part of it. Yeah. What, what's your perspective? Well, I, I absolutely what you say, and I think another big, big piece is um, from talking to a lot of women executives, they find they cannot be their true selves because they get... Um, 
um, put down if they bring too much emotion. You know, if there's a tear, they get, you know, they get placed in this, oh, she's, you know, she's too much. And so women, we are so much from our heart and passionate being mothers or just being, you know, women in the world. And I think they're realizing, okay, I am having to keep this lid on it. And if I go off and do something on my own and bring some other women or some other, you know, smart men, um, I can be all of me fully. And I think it's a wonderful thing. I think it's a wonderful thing, too. And it's, it's you know, like you say, it's they can't have a clear and honest communication, but they can if they're off in their own entrepreneurial world or dealing with, with others who are entrepreneurs and, and can really be themselves instead of having to be somebody uh, that they really aren't and always watching. You know, you brought up the word heart. Um, and in in our next segment, I want you to talk about that because I know you said we need more heart in business. And uh, you have a lot of tools around that, but you have some great uh, a great story about spreading hearts. So when we come back from break, I'd love you to tell that story, Jeannie. It's just so in, not only engaging, it's it's frankly, it's very inspiring. So stay with us. We're talking to Jeannie Malnati. A great story about how to bring heart into your company and how to help people feel engaged. Stay with us. markets up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag ILEADTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio 
at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. Welcome back and thanks for being joining, staying with the show. I'm Linda Sharkey and my guest today is Jeannie Malnati and we're talking about bringing heart back into the workplace and her great story about how she really turned the culture around through clear and honest communication and it, it was just what a simple tool, hard to do, but important. Jeannie, when I saw you in uh, Chicago, you told this really wonderful story about hearts and spreading hearts. And can you tell me, tell me about that story? Tell, tell it for the listeners. It was just so inspiring. Hmm. Yeah, so the story of spreading hearts, uh, it was mm, five years ago, uh, five summers ago, my youngest daughter, Melissa, was in college at Indiana University, and she was a a photojournalism major and had to do a six-week internship, and she chose to do her internship in South Africa. She has a huge heart herself, and it was type of a missions project where she helped to feed 250 children who only got one, one meal a day. And before she left, the night before, I was putting little notes and gifts in her suitcase to surprise her when she got over there, and didn't think much of it. You know, moms do that type of thing. And um, right. halfway through her three weeks, she called. It was the middle of the night, and Melissa was just sobbing. She was crying. I could hardly understand her. And finally realized, she said, I lost my heart. I'm like, what heart are you talking about? And she said, Mom, the small little pewter heart you hid in my suitcase. I keep it in my pocket every day, and I lost it. And, you know, she was so upset and What's a mom to do? I didn't know what to say or do. She called me back. A friend of hers had found it, had gone back to the restaurant and found it on the floor, which was so nice. And then with these same hearts, I'd gotten them from a catalog, these 20 little pewter hearts. And my oldest daughter, Kelsey, and I were going to South Africa for two weeks um, to visit Melissa. And my husband and I had never been apart, you know, for for two weeks from each other. And so he's so cute. He hates it when I tell the story, actually. But... um, he, we're at the airport, and he pulled out two of my little hearts, and he's like, hey, honey, what do you think if you carry one in your pocket and I carry one in my pocket, and we'll, like, kind of feel close and stay connected, which was adorable. I okay. love that story. How sweet. <laughs> Very sweet. And so I brought the rest of these hearts with me, and I remember just thinking, wow, these little hearts, you know, we all have a heart, and kind of got this little download, you know, and you get a little nudge or a little whisper or something. And I said to the girls when we were over there, I said, what if you, you know, what if when we're here, we see someone and we just feel a nudge to spread a heart, to give one of these little pewter hearts to individuals? And they love the idea. So as we went throughout South Africa, there were 13 different people that just touched our hearts or who looked like they needed some love. And we would go up to them, put the heart in their hand and just say a little something. I appreciate this about you or, or you've got a beautiful heart or whatever. And each story, Linda, was so precious. And I, when I share the story, I don't know who is more blessed, those who receive the heart, because we all long you know, to be seen and recognized, especially out of the blue, um, or us you know, giving them. It was just really powerful. And so when we came back, we're like, we've got to continue to spread these hearts. And so... Fast forward to today, um, we've had our own hearts made, and they're these little pewter. They're not quite a real shape of a heart. They're kind of beat up and dented, which sometimes our hearts are. And there's almost 20,000 of these hearts that have now been spread around the world with hundreds of heart spreaders. We have a website. People can go and 
purchase them for very inexpensive because it's about spreading goodwill and love and care in the world. I, I absolutely love that story. And, you know, you said something I, I wanted to just explore it a little bit more with you. So when you gave those first 13 hearts out to people, did they tell you their story? Or Yeah, that's or, a really good question. Um, one or two of them, and I don't think we have time to share. Well, I'm going to write this in a book sometime, all these stories. But one or two did. They had the time or we were in a place where we could hear their story. And so there was a deeper heart connection, yet it was also sometimes in the moment of, as we were getting off this little airplane and this big black man who was serving us, you know, um, on the airplane, he got this bloody nose, it went all over his white shirt, he had a uh-huh. Kleenex stuck up in his nose, you know, it was just one of those, oh, and as we're leaving, my daughter, yeah. you know, said, hey, thank you so much for serving us with such a big heart, and just gave it to him, but we had to keep moving, but right away, I mean, like, his eyes started filling up with tears. He was seeing, uh-huh. you know, just so oftentimes, no, we didn't hear stories. Um, but we just felt it was a heart-to-heart connection in the moment. Yeah, and, and, and you knew it was. So, I mean, that's such a wonderful thing. Uh, so how did you take this into the workplace? Yes. At first, I was a little shy when I would work with, you know, businesses um, or even speaking. But now there's nothing shy about it. I bring the hearts in. Or when I speak, I hand them out, and there's a couple different ways. So, like I've been saying a couple times, I believe you said, we all long to be seen and noticed. We long to be appreciated. So people will get them and be encouraged to go and appreciate someone on their team or sitting next to them in their cubicle or even to their boss, what you appreciate about them. It's just a a little feel-good. When I speak to people, they make commitments about having a tough conversation in their life. I always have people raise their hands. Who in your life, who in your office do you need to have one with? And so these hearts can be a little reminder of a commitment they made. Um, Sometimes it's a little reminder that we sometimes need about, you know, I'm loved. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm loved. Everything's okay. Um, And so the other is having a difficult conversation. I encourage people, slide this little pewter heart across the table before you have the conversation. It breaks down barriers and you let people know, I care about you. I may be going to say something hard maybe tense right here between us, but I care about you. And so those are some general ways, but people are very um, receptive to it as a little, a little token, a little reminder. Well, people like, I mean, it's been proven through neuroscience that, you know, people, if you tell people what you appreciate about them, their brain does light, light up. Mm. You know, people are willing to hear feedback if they know that you care yeah. If they know that you appreciate them and you respect them, how infrequently do we do this? I mean, really, even in personal life situations, taking the time to say something meaningful, not just a trite statement, but something meaningful to someone else about something that you appreciate them. Yeah. I, I, I just think we don't take that time, and it's so important, so important. Yeah. So how did you turn this into, I know you have three, at least I know you have many tools, but three tools that you use that I'd like to talk a little bit more. Your, your uh, sachet and, um, you know, your check it out and your 24-hour rule. So tell me about sachet. I was fascinated by that. 
Yeah, sachet is a tool that I years and years and years ago found in a book. The author is since dead. I wish I could say it was my tool, so I can't. But it's a tool that I have taught and um, spoken about to actually thousands of people. It's a very powerful tool. So it's sachet spelled differently. Um, it's S-A-S-H-E-T. And for me, it stands for the six main feelings. And it's a tool that I teach to help people to um, learn how to, like, stop and acknowledge, huh, you know, I just kicked the dog, but wait a minute, it's not about the dog. Well, I'm feeling something here. And then to be able to identify what is it that I'm feeling. So it's, yeah, sad, angry, scared, happy, excited, tender, spelling out sachet, and so it's a simple tool for people to stop, whether it's in businesses or you take it home and use it with your high school kids, you know, at the dinner table. Hey, let's do a sachet check-in. What did you feel today? Or tell a story. Or a one-on-one check-in at an office. What's going on right now? And you, Am I feeling sad? No. Am I feeling angry? Feeling a little angry. You know, scared. And there's lots of feelings that fall under these six main ones, but this helps to have a tool that there's a... Um, the same language that everybody can use. And it's just, it's very powerful. And then you can, in a healthy way, express what it is you're feeling instead of, how are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you feeling? Fine. You know, that tells us nothing right. about and each that's, other. Right, and that's so superficial, and that's what we do all the time. Sure. So I, I love that. I mean, do, do, when people say they're sad, what do you do? Well, when I, when I work with these groups and I have them, we, you know, always start the groups, um, because I now go in and work with teams and businesses, you know, let's do our sachet check-in. So it helps people to get focused in the room. And what I tell one another, especially the boss, they're like, oh, great. Now people are going to start telling me they're sad or they're this or that. Now then I have more stuff on my list to do. I have to go take care of them. And that's the thing, and you let it be known. No, you don't. Someone can be sad, say what it is, and then you pass and you move to the next person. It's not about, now I've got to do something about that. Because... Uh, research shows that we can pass through feelings in 90 seconds or less. So just because I'm sad, oh, right? I didn't know that. The rest of the day. Yeah. Wow. So in other words, yeah. if you express the fact that you're feeling uh, sad, uh, that sort of alleviates the sadness? Exactly. And you're being seen and people may, you know, will maybe treat you probably differently. It's something for the boss or coworkers like, wow, Lucy's sad today. You know, she just found out her mom has cancer. I can be a little kinder to her. I can write her a little note. I could give her a little heart. I could smile at her. It just helps us to learn about one another more. And so moving yeah. on to the second tool, check it out. What happens, like say we're doing the sachet check-in tool, if someone says, um, you know, I'm feeling angry today, well, people can like, oh, my gosh, are they angry at me? You know, did they, why didn't they stop by my desk you know, and say hi to me. Usually they do. And it's amazing how we can make up stories in our mind. You know what I mean? Yes, that you, as, as I think what you're saying is that you can ascribe, sub, ascribe motive to certain people's behaviors. Yeah. And that there, there were no motives at all because somebody didn't say hello or walk by them or ignored them or something like that, right? right. Is that what you're saying? Yes, and so depending on the place that we're in on a certain day, even though, he, you know, the boss walked by my desk twice and didn't stop and say hi or acknowledge me, even though that's a little thing, if, if you're in kind of a bad place or a vulnerable place or whatever kind of place on a certain day, you could take that like, oh, my gosh, what, you know, 
why didn't they say hi? He doesn't like they, me or she doesn't like me. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly, bottom yeah. line. And then you can go talking to people over the water cooler. Why didn't, you know, Dan say hi to me today? You know, man, he's in a bad mood or whatever. And then that whole toxic stuff starts. So the, the tool of check it out is for people to buy in. And if that was me, I would stop by um, my coworker's desk. You know, hey, Mary, I noticed that, you know, you've been walking by and you didn't say hi, and I'm starting to make up stories in my mind. <laughs> so I'm going to just check it out. Is everything okay with you and me? I just want to check in with that. And seriously, Linda, like 95% of the time, 99% of the time, people are like, oh, my gosh, no, it has nothing to do with me. With you. No, yeah. she, something yeah. else that she found out. But I was checking it out. And it also gives people the opportunity to hmm, check it out. You know what? You know what, Jeannie, there is. There's, there is something there. You're right. I have been kind of walking by the desk. I'm sorry. Let's set up a time and talk about it. I need to clear something with you. So it also gives people the opportunity. There may be something there mm-hmm. and for them to check in with themselves. Yeah, I, Very that, powerful. That, that's really, what, what a great tool. And what, do you train people on how to use that? Is that how you do it? You, you introduce these tools to some, you know, facilitated training or how do you do that? I do. Well, see, even when I speak, I, you know, take a couple of these three tools we're talking about actually are just so powerful, so simple. And so I teach them, you know, even if it's just in a workshop or when I go in, um, you know, people can, can do them on their own oftentimes. So, but when I go into businesses and really help them to get in their cultures, because doing it once or twice is not going to change or shift your culture. So it needs to be a continued, um, People are really receptive because they're so simple, yet they are powerful. Going yeah. and checking it out with the person face-to-face instead of going and talking to your neighbor, you know, you know or at lunch. At the water cooler. Yeah, again, yeah. Um, it really helps. That's what I love about them. They're so simple, and, pe- and you can do them. Some of the best tools are the simplest tools, and, you know, it's, it's, it's so funny, but people are reluctant to do this kind of stuff. Right. And what I'm finding, Linda, what what I'm finding there's so much power in these tools as I'm speaking and working is because they're simple and people use, like they use these words so you know what you're talking about. So I'll talk about the the third one, the 24-hour rule. Let me share that. Yeah, I'd love that. So the same thing, you use that. Okay, the 24-hour rule. Let's say that you went into um, John's office. You close the door and you're, you're talking about... You know, Tim, hey, John, Tim did this or he didn't do that, and I'm so irritated, I'm angry, and I don't know, you know, sometimes you express, okay, there's a downloading. Well, when people have committed to the 24-hour rule, you want to keep each other accountable, raise the bar of integrity, and say, okay, hey, Linda, I hear you've got an issue over here that you're telling me about, but we know we've committed to the 24-hour rule, so you now have 24 hours to have this conversation you're having with me face-to-face, you know, with him. And so it really cuts down on all that stuff, the backstabbing or complaining or griping. Um, You think twice if I'm going to go and start talking about it to someone because I'm going to be held accountable, and I committed to it as well. And so... It's just, again, it's so powerful in how it can help and shift a culture in um, that toxic stuff. Yeah, it, it, it really is. I, I, I love it. Have you, do you do any, have you measured any of this um, uh, over time? 
Um, yeah, that's a good question. After our call, I have a call with a woman who is a professor at um, UIC here in Chicago, and she's uh, research, and I'm going to be hiring her to be doing exactly that. Is to I always do a um, before I start working with the team, I always do a confidential questionnaire to really find out what's going on with communication, with the culture, with relationships. And so I have, um, I mean, amazing information. And then I go in, I work with these companies, but I haven't done like the exit and then let's put this into numbers, you know, into the research. So I'm hiring her and she's going to be doing that. That's terrific. We're at break and stay with us. There's a question in from the uh, field. Jeannie, uh, somebody has uh, emailed in. Actually, it's from someone in Chicago. So stay with us. We have a couple of really good questions for Jeannie. Um, and I'd like to hear a little bit more about your measurement stuff. So stay with us. markets up or down or if you're looking to improve your portfolio our experts are ready to talk to you call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network dr linda sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that have done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag I Lead TLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, Back to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. Welcome back um, with Jean Malnati, and we've been having such a great conversation. We went a little bit over our traditional break time, but it was just been so fascinating talking to Jean. Jean, I have a, a question in from Nazneen, uh, and she wants to know what three pieces of advice you have uh, to bring heart into businesses. And we don't have a lot of time left, so give us your crisp three pieces of advice. 
Okay, that's a great question. Um, I would say, number one, is be your own unique self. Listen to your heart. Trust yourself on who you are in life and what you're doing in your business. You know, self-awareness, therapy, um, be learning and growing all the time. I think that is key. Um, whether it's in your own business or in the larger part, be who you are. Two, um, I would say have relationships in your life, um, in your office, in your home, where you can be real and vulnerable. It may be a, a sounding board um, of a group of people, but where you can really ask people, would you give me feedback? Would you share blind spots with me on how I could be a better employee or a better leader or a better spouse or a better friend and have people speak the truth in love to you? It's so important. And then um, I would say the third is, is, you know, be a person of integrity. Be trusted. Use the 24-hour rule in your own life in your own relationships, not just at work. You know, check it out. Check it out, these colorful stories you're making up, and instead go right to the person um, and have the tough conversations. That's what I would say. Yeah, it's not easy to do. It's it's not easy to do, but if you do it, I think, you know, I always have a, 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 a statement, and sometimes you hear things that you don't want to hear, but I always say the truth will set you free, and sometimes... When people do say some things to you that might be a little hard or tough or hard to hear, you kind of knew in your heart of hearts that that was going on. And then it gives you an opportunity to really do something about it. So the truth will set you free. So I love those pieces of advice, Jeannie. They were just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I so appreciate it. And I think you're... You know what I love about the stories is they're real stories. You're real hands-on personal life stories about Malnati's that that really created an avenue for you to really express yourself, your passion, and your purpose, which is so exciting, and I just appreciate so much that you shared it with our guests. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Linda. I really enjoyed it. That's, that's That's really good. So, Thank you, and uh, that concludes today's show of I Lead the Leadership Connection, and we have been on the air one year, and very exciting. We've had a lot of great people that we've interviewed, and it's just been a fabulous, exciting year with lots of listeners and lots of great people sharing their experiences. Stay tuned for next week. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of I Lead. The Leadership Connection. Please join Dr. Linda Sharkey again for another show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a successful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.